Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. From the Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. You should join me here alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. We got two episodes with Hoppy and I this week on the feeds. The first one we're recording right after the St. Louis Blues Minnesota Wild Game Four. Hoppy, where where should we fucking start, man? Well, we should probably start by saying that uh, Isha is Ron Burgundy, and the only reason, Marissa, that he didn't intro you is because it wasn't written on the teleprompter. Well, actually, that, that's, an, that's a fact. That's a fact, by the way. Are you kidding me, dude? I <laughs> he, swear. He stayed, he stayed here for two weeks, Marissa, and he changed the, the prompter to, like, from the state of hockey instead of from the wild woods of Vancouver Island. And then he went home and he read that the first time. And he's like, Oh shit, I got to change the outline. We're starting over. (laughs) In in fairness, Hoppy would hobby. He's clutch with the intro. So I was just waiting for him to do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Blame it on Hoppy. That's for sure. Let's do that. Come on. Bush league. Bush league. No, and anyone that's been listening to us here over the course of this season, uh, Marissa kind of jumped in a little bit later into the college hockey season, but covering anything, everything Maverick hockey. And uh, I mean, maybe we can just like, we'll, we'll give you 30 seconds here to just, uh, again, pour out your sorrows on uh, how how the year ended for us. Um, yeah, I'm the digital content manager, team interviewer for the Mavericks. Uh, it was rough. It was rough to say the least being in Boston, watching us you know, lose to the pioneers was just gut wrenching. Like literally I went out and cried. (laughs) Like I'm not an emotional person. And when they like, before they got the empty netters, like I was like in, like I was in the Bruins, like, you know, wherever they get concessions and I was just bawling in, bawling. And then I come out and I see all the parents and I'm like, this fucking sucks. So it was, it was rough, but it was a great season. A lot of the guys are coming back. Obviously Drido's not, but we've got some key components back. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to next year, but still really sad about last year. Yeah. Or this and year. I mean, shout out to you though, because while you were there, I, I just kind of threw it out there. I'm like, all right, she's going to run into Butchergrass and you do, you guys just got to throw me over a, a beer review video. And out of nowhere, all of a sudden I get a DM and it's like beer review. and and it was a beer review of kona big wave i believe yeah i literally was like i didn't know where bucci was and i was like okay i literally just threw it out i was like i was like drinking at the greatest bar you know in like our off time whenever and i was like beer review happy he said it let's do it like i'm I'm in the booth and i'm like doing kona big wave because it's the best beer ever 
That's I respect that. I've never heard someone say that, but I respect that opinion. Oh, I love Kona Big Wave. Like, it it's literally good, one of my sure. favorite beers ever, besides Bushlight. There we go. <laughs> which, which Isha, here's another fun Isha tidbit for you, Marissa. Okay, I need he it. He absolutely thought that Bush lattes were like latte flavored. Yeah. Well, they marketed that way. I mean, what, what am I supposed to think? You were really... Canadians. Isha. Canadians. Dude, no, no. Bush lattes are not latte. No. It's not like an espresso martini. Well, and then, well, and then I showed him the the corn cob can, and he his brain. And then I thought I was like, "What corn?" <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> percent. It's for farmers. Look again, you market it a certain way, and I have an expectation. Okay, here in Canada, we don't fuck with the consumers that way. <laughs> no, you just give shit product instead. That's so funny. So when there is the red can, it's like the red can, the apple can that actually does taste like apples. See now you're way. fucking with me. <laughs> now my I can now look. What what am I supposed to expect? Oh my god! Uh, I, I didn't hilarious. have. Sometimes it's what it looks like, and sometimes it's not. That, it's it's not, not that hard to understand. <laughs> he's got no idea now. He's like has trust issues for Bushlight. He's got like severe trust issues and trauma. I know. I I do now, honestly. Because if I drink a beer that tastes like a fucking corn on the cob, I'm done. I'm done. I'm oh man. Oh man. But uh, no, we caught a little bit of the. We caught the Mavericks and Pioneers game as well. I mean, it. it I. I didn't have uh, a huge stake in it, you know, not being a huge college fan myself, but obviously jumped on kind of like any Minnesota team Bemidji while I was fan. in Minnesota. <laughs> I am a Bemidji fan. Um, but did jump on like, you know, the train, the supporting Minnesota hockey throughout the tournament, especially when it, would, it was going on while I was there visiting. And I mean, it looked like the Mavs were dominating that game anyways, especially in the shot column. I mean, we were at a... We were at a bar and there was a bunch of people, a bunch of Mavs supporters there. And it just seemed like, I mean, and you know that we're in the game, like halfway through that second period going into third, it just like, it just dried up. The offense dried up. There's no more scoring opportunities. And it was, it was then when it just, it just got quiet in the, in the bar and everyone started to just like sink their hands into their, you know, or sink their face into their hands or, or arms there. And yeah, it was not the ending that we all thought it was going to be for sure. Well, it's really funny because, like, it just, it seemed like, I was talking to my dad after the game, like, it just seemed like we were stunned, right? Like, they, like, we were playing the good game, and if we just had to play 20 more minutes or even got a goal, like, we were, we would have won that game. Like, if we would have gone up 2 nothing, we would have won that game. But, you know, they came in, they scored, and then, you know, they scored again. And it was like, we were stunned. Like, we didn't know how to play. We didn't know what hockey was. We were chasing guys. We made errors in the neutral zone that we never usually make. And then it goes on what that, these two-on-one two on one or three-on-one um, action with Denver and they get one of the back of the net past Dryden and that was the game so there were just like so many mistakes that we made that we didn't play to our identity which we always said we played to our identity and then we just lost it and we were we were it, it just it was a weird vibe from the beginning to be honest because usually when we get the first the blood gates open and it just fucking it flies in and then all of a sudden it was like okay well we're not getting crap and they're getting everything, and we're getting our butt handed to us. Did, did you hear what I just heard there, Isha? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, 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 give, I give Isha shit all the time, so I got to call you out once since we've been okay. writing on him. I the think blood you said gates. the bloodgates open. <laughs> I did say the bloodgates to the floodgates. I That's said so that. I so said savage. that, and I was like, no. Uh, no <laughs> I was always like, always no. know that when you come on here, you say something, it gets mentioned. Oh. I literally said it, and I was like, I was like, bloodgates. It's like, isn't it bloodgates? And I was like, I think it's floodgates. But I just had to keep going because I was on a ramble. <laughs> Sounds like the team's just gonna go on a fucking rampage and kill some people. I love it. The Mavericks are not 
uh, conducive to killing. The Mavericks do not kill people. They do not like blood. Please do not take this. I have to say that now. And the like... soda pod disavows. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, perfect transition. All right, Bloodgate. Mm -hmm. The the Bloodgate's fucking open today when the Blues yes. fucking slaughtered all of our hopes and dreams. The the Wild, they're done now, right? Like they're gonna lose the next two games. Go play golf, right? That's that's how this yeah, works, at least according saw, to Twitter. I, yeah, that's I, exactly. I, I, yeah, totally. I saw Deke's tweet. They're all going to play golf. <laughs> I swear Wild fans, like, and Minnesota fans have so many trust issues because every single time that something happens, a minor inconvenience, and they were like, well, let's pack it up, guys. This was a good run. I really had some fun, but we got to leave. Like, no, we're going in, and we still have two games at home, right? We still... We knew this was going to happen. We we didn't think that we were going to come and score five against the Blues. We knew that they were going to come out swinging, that they did. And being tied does not shock me one bit. It doesn't shock me at all that we're tied right now. But, of course, every Minnesota fan has to be, like, traumatized because of what has happened. Um, but we still have a really good shot of getting up to two wins, you know what I mean? Or even one win. Like, this is not out of the ballpark in any means necessary like we're we just have to play good hockey <laughs> like god yeah and i mean these trust issues blow the isha bush light trust issues out of the water yeah, like it's really long it really deep-seated depression it's worse than the isha bush light stuff it, it's it's worse but so i mean let's talk about it first i mean <laughs> you get five shots in the first period you're probably not going to be in a good spot in that game like <laughs> why do we start games so goddamn poorly so regularly yeah, and well and it's hard because look at the last game we had right look at the game before this when we scored two goals in the first what two minutes and then it was our game that's the difference as how we're gonna play and how we need to play and if we're gonna win this series is really getting aggressive scoring a goal in the first couple minutes of play because then we write our narrative and then we take the momentum and then it makes it really hard in the blues again though they have had multiple guys out and they're def like their defending core that have been in injured right so that has helped us in that game and they got a couple back so that was also a reason why maybe we saw a little bit of a different swing from last game to this game but it, it we we start somewhat poorly but it was funny because i think ryan carter said this right anthony lapanta he says the person that scores usually the first in the game gets the next four isn't that funny? And I was like, yeah, I guess, maybe. I mean, but it was a little more, um, I guess, neat, or it was a little more like, I don't know what the fuck word I'm looking for, but, it, you know, they had two, or we had one, or whatever, so it was a little more better. I can't talk today, but there's a word I'm looking for that's like, I don't know what it is, but there's a word somewhere that's going to sum everything up. But basically, like, I agree. Like, I think if we start better, like, we'll be better. Well, I'll I'll play devil devil's advocate a little okay, bit. Okay, go Asian. Well, in, in favor of I guess the Wild in that first period, they were. I mean, if anything, the blame shouldn't be on the team. It should be on Kevin Fiala, with that high stick. No, it's true. It, the reason they went down five to eighteen shots in the first period was because of that power play, the four minute power play. That is an incredible power play if they put up eighteen shots. No, they did. <laughs> they, not quite eighteen shots, but it was like fourteen because it was four minutes long. There was blood on that power play for four minutes. They lit the Wild up in that one by the end of that the shots were like 14 to 3 you know they bank in four more shots at the end of that period which was a pretty back and forth period after that though the wild did seem like they were playing catch up even though it was just you know <laughs> they were just down by a couple goals and then and in fairness they were able to to 
to get one at least to get it to two to one in that second period and that's where everything came off so i thought like i didn't think that it was a bad start given their situation they actually did pretty good in my opinion yeah well and it's funny because like that's the that's the thing i wrote down in my notes is that like the pk during that four minute power play was that was was great honestly fantastic because they again yeah like to each his estimate like to what he was saying they were lighting us up they were swarming they were getting shots and shots and shots but we really protected andre Fleury and we really protected the net well especially with having a four minute power play and they are what the second best um power play in the nation or it's in the so, nhl it's so good they move and the our pk so well. is like 24th in the nhl so it was really shocking to me better than i thought yeah honestly but not like second you know so i thought they did i, I would agree Isha. i thought they did um protect the net really well and do good on that penalty kill i honestly uh, just sorry one last thing i think the just the story and the, the whole series for the wild is is special teams if they're if they could fucking score on their power play because let's be honest game one zero for six on the power play that was the reason why they lost the game um they're able to not at least one in in game two and three and tonight zero for what zero for three zero for four what whatever opportunity they had to get back in this game was lost on them not taking advantage of the power play. Yeah, and I think that's fair, but I also think it's not just a story of special teams. That That's probably the leading story, right? But it's the second line, or maybe people are arguing it's the third line now, but that Goudreau line has not shown up. They have not done what we need from them. Like, there's been spots where they look okay, but I think at this point, there's Goudreau has two points, Boldy has one goal, and Fiala's got a goose egg. Like, what what needs to happen to change that? Yeah, well, that's the thing. What changes do we need to make? What does what what needs to go on? Yeah, Boldy got his first career um, playoff goal tonight today, but it was his first point in the playoffs. Kevin Fiala it was a has dirty goal. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Kevin Fiala has yet to score a single point. And does he did he score a point today at all or no. nothing? No nothing. point no. in all playoffs when he was absolutely scorching hot towards the end of the season that doesn't he's, he's still pretty hot i'm not gonna lie but six penalty minutes though i mean they <laughs> that's the thing hey, you is... know what though that that oh. four minute penalty like yes it is a penalty but like that's not on him no well I mean, two two minutes of that is he hit him in the face with his stick the dude lifted <laughs> his stick <laughs> it was it was it wasn't as bad as people think Isha, if i grab your stick and hit myself in the face with it is that your fault <laughs> it still put them down man <laughs> The blame is on him. (laughs) I just think that it's going to be, if Kevin Fiala doesn't step up the rest of this this series, there's going to be something going on. There's going to be some inner talk. Something's going to happen because you cannot be Kevin Fiala and be honestly a pivotal point of this wild team and not generate some freaking goals or assists or something. It's just really uncharacteristic of who Kevin Fiala is and, that line in general. Hey, SodaPod listeners. Just want to give a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. They want to remind you that you can feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. 
Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now or Daily Fantasy and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It doesn't sound like it right now, but Isha really is like a big, big Kevin Fiala supporter. Isha, even if he has a good playoff series, do you think there's a shot in hell that he's back here next year? It's so tough, man. It's like they have to rejig a lot to make room for him. So, like, put it this way. If he came out guns a-blazing, showing us why why the fans fell in love with him, why the organization was even, you know, thinking about maybe moving a bunch of pieces to bring him back in, you know, however that scenario looks out at the end of the year. He would have had to show it coming into this playoffs to force management to do that. And he has not been doing that right now. So like Marissa said, if regardless of what he looks like throughout the regular season, yeah, he helped the wild get to where they are now, but if he's not going to show in the playoffs and you have to sacrifice a lot of this build, maybe even chemistry within the, the locker room to keep him, then I think you, you move on and try to replace, you know, the goal scoring elsewhere, which, and you know, you can't replace the Kevin Fiala, but you can replace offense in certain areas. And I think that's, you know, long the short of it, that's what's going to happen. I think if he would have come out in this series, guns a blazing, then he would have been able to force management's hand a little bit more. If, if they, if the wild go on past the lose, they get past the series and then he, he starts to light it up then it's a different conversation. We talk a little bit more down the road. But as it is right now, 2-2 in the series, Kevin Fiala not doing anything, I don't know if he's around next year. Yeah, there's. I, I agree. Kev, Hoppy and I were talking about this before you jumped in, and we were like, if he's there. It, it, and it breaks my heart. You know, it's kind of like the granny situation when we did um, trade for Kevin Fiala. It broke my heart, but these things have to happen if you're not showing up and if you're not doing your job, right? And your job is to score goals. That is why we acquired you from the Preds. That is why we have you is to score goals. And when you don't do your job, especially if it's gonna, we're gonna have to switch things around like immensely, then why why would we why would we waste that cap space on you and why would we do that? Well, yeah, and I mean, if he plays well in the playoffs, he's pricing himself out even more. He's justifying even further that he should make more money. And I mean, uh, Brett Marshall finally uh, saw that he posted, and he's the only other person that's really talked about it recently. But I've, been, for a little bit now, he should have been on the train that, like, I just hope he gets offer sheeted. Yeah. So because we're not going to get, yeah. we're not going to get that compensation in a trade. There's no way. No, absolutely. Um, and hey, there's some teams that have been liking the way he plays in a New Jersey. I heard that's been floating around there that they're super interested whether via trade or maybe offer sheet. So we'll see. Yep. New Jersey, Ottawa. And then I, I think there's an outside shot of Anaheim too. Yeah. You mentioned that, that before on the, on the podcast, which that would be, wouldn't that fast track their, uh, <laughs> their, their plans, their developments, maybe not like, you know, next season, but definitely shaves off at least one year of development when you, you know, bring in a, you can call Ken Fiala veteran yeah, now, I guess absolutely. in the league. Right. So. Well, it's like if if the New Jersey wants him, what would they do for him? Like they'd have to trade some big chunks for us to trade them. Kevin Fiala, I, don't, I, feel. I don't, I don't see that being the case though, because we like un unless it's a sign and trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because because you're trading an RFA player that they have to sign again. Like there's got to be something in place there, and that's why I I do think the offer sheet's more likely. But I don't know. It it's a it's a tough call. 
But the other player that we need to talk about here, and this is apparently sacrilege because I'm the only person that doesn't have like blinders on for this player. What do we think about Marc-Andre Fleury's performance tonight? It's funny. So I was watching Bally Sports North. Um, I think it was Cam Flyers who was talking about him and said that he played the best on the ice tonight. And he's the sole reason that we're going to win this series. Oof. Um, huh. right, right. So that's a, that's a take. That it was, <laughs> it he is was a take. so adamant and he was like, the, Mark Andre Fleury is the recipe, Mark Andre. And for me, okay, yes, you, you, you give up an empty net or not your fault. Right. But, but also like, <laughs> I'd, I'd still, blame him. <laughs> it's like, so you can't blame him for an empty netter. Unfortunately though, probably wild fans will find a way to do that. Um, and you know, and there no, is wild, one where. No, no, wild fans defend him with their life. That is true. Ever Anytime I've said him, anything that's like, not even negative just like honest it's like how dare you he's a hall of famer three times stanley cup winner well the thing is he's a veteran that's why we got and spent the money because no. he is a veteran <laughs> he's an absolute veteran but the thing about it is like i just don't think like he played he played good he played good i wouldn't say he played great i wouldn't say he was the best player but i don't think any of the wild players were great tonight i can't say that but the thing is you let in four goals and you let in the first one and yes, I don't think they defended the net really well because they just made a lot of timely mistakes in the neutral zone or they made a lot of timely mistakes up front, but also like there was just a lot of puck possession that the Blues had in our zone. We They gained the majority of the puck possession in our zone, um, but I wouldn't think that, I wouldn't say he was God-centered great, but I wouldn't say he was also horrible. I think it was a team effort. He wasn't horrible by any means, but I... It was classic vintage Marc-Andre Fleury where, like, he's a guy that's, like, very animated in what he does. He flops around, throws his body in different directions, and when he makes big saves, it looks incredible. There's other times where it looks like a fish out of water, and that's what I saw half of the game tonight. Well, how many and times did he lose his stick? I lost his stick was, several I was, times. Well, I was just going to say, oh, because of... And it's exactly what Hoppy said. He likes to be almost like just like a little more flamboyant out there. And like even his poke checks, he does like almost like a curve. And like, yeah, maybe there's some skill in that he's like trying to like bring the puck in or pushing it out in whatever way he like, but it's almost like a circle motion. It's just like, is that really necessary? Just poke the fucking puck. Cause there's a couple of times where like he did that, it catches a skate and the stick goes flying. And I was like, man, this is the third time tonight that you've done this. Have you have you ever seen someone like show their glove save harder than him? No. <laughs> probably not probably not i don't know i'm i'm all for having you know how many starts and how many playoff starts that mark andre Fleury had and i get why but i also think that now maybe we put talbot in i'm all for I it i think i'm i think i'm all for this is your talbot chance to show. get him in and see what's what well they did that with bennington the blues did that with bennington yep. and look how he played tonight he was playing good hockey i thought he played very very he's, he's well he's not a bad goalie no, he's not. And he, he showed that tonight and he had a shot, right? And because we were waxing the floor and, you know, we come in and he's like, he stopped a lot of potential shots and just was Towards the end of the third, yeah, he looked incredible because that's when really the wild started just peppering it. You know, whether oh, they were nice shots or, or, you know, just shots from bad angles, it didn't really matter. They were just trying to get some stuff on net. But again, like, he played good. Even the rebounds that he did give off, though, it's just like the wild, like, didn't have any reinforcements. It was like they were trying to do too much by themselves. Like, you know, urgency kicked in. And I saw, like, you know, Ryan Hartman electing not to pass when Zuccarello had, like, the perfect shot and, like, trying to, you know, shoot himself or, like, or, like, players coming in just, like, taking a shot, 
the, there's clearly going to be a rebound because it's nothing special and there's no one behind them to take the rebound in the slot or anything like that. So that was frustrating to watch for sure. But totally agree. Bennington played good to, to go off the mark on Jay Flurry thing. I mean, I've been pretty adamant that like I thought Cam deserved game one the start. Fully played well enough to continue to get the crease until now. I think I agree with you guys saying in, in the fact that this is the perfect opportunity to see what Cam has because Fleury hasn't been great. Fleury hasn't been poor. It's not like it's going to fuck with his ego or his headspace at all if they take him out tonight because of the way that the series is. And if it's in a joint effort that both goalies help win this series, isn't that a good thing? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see think. that as a bad thing at all. Well, and he, because it's not even as much about like what went in today, too, right? Like, one or two he definitely wants back but for me it's watching and seeing some of the plays that he's flopping around for and thinking oh my god st louis should have had like four more goals and we're just lucky that they didn't put something on that there's a few like, chances yeah. of that today for sure well i think you should put it like properly like if mark andre gets you know benched it was like that one time where he was just hanging out like singing you know he's like just literally chilling he was singing on the bench right like i thought that was so funny but i i, I think we need to give him cam a shot because when you go and you give up the first game you give up what four goals and then you go and you do a pretty good job the second game and then the third game comes obviously and those two were great performances back to back and then this happens right and then you give up four again there needs to be a change within the roster there needs to be some momentum swinging there needs to be something that happens a message yeah to the players something, too something right that you're not like especially like even if that happens then kevin will be like oh shit like well, that like if I don't step up, will that happen to me? Like it's just a wake up call that maybe, maybe it should happen to him right now. I think so. I think we need to. I don't know who we would, but who we would. Let, let's say this: Isha and Happy. If we pull Kevin and we don't start him, who would we put in for him? Are you who saying we, he's not playing, or are we moving like, down like, the lineup? Like we moving, maybe we move him down the lineup and we move him up, or even we take him out of the game. Like, what would you think would be a correct message for the Kevin Fiala situation? It's tough. It's tough with him because it's like you're just you're in this position. There's not really any wiggle room because that's where the wild roster is kind of set up. Where that like the bottom six, you know, whether one's on the fourth line or third line, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. And it's kind of the same with the top six as well to a certain degree. So uh, that one's tough. It's more just like guy. This is now a second playoff run where you have to do something, and you're. I, it's less about moving him and maybe jigging some of the other pieces around, maybe putting a doer in, you know, changing the bottom six a little bit to maybe just giving more ice time to the, the lines that are really bringing it. Um, I, I agree with adding like doer into the lineup to shake things up. I don't know though. I'm fine with putting Fiala down to the fourth line and rewarding a guy that's been fucking throwing it all out there for us. Tyson Jost. Yeah. He's no, looked he's good. He has Walking the pedigree. Shots. We need something, man, because it's less about the whole like punishing Fiala thing than it is for me that it's not working. That line isn't working. We need oh, like something that can play. spark Boldy. Like, I don't know. It's uh... no, they need to change because Everson gets stubborn in his ways too. And like, I'm sure superstitious in the fact that like I don't want to mess things up when if I change no, it because, because the chemistry because <laughs> the chemistry with this team is so strong. So it's almost like a catch 22 is you don't want to. You don't want to change things to send messages that'll mess up the chemistry of the team at all because the chemistry of the team is what helped got them here. But at the same time, like, what's the definition of insanity, guys? Like, this power play, this has been happening since the beginning of the season. Like, how are there no changes? How are things not, you know, how have they not... He 
how has he not made changes that are even maybe a little drastic? Like, like you know, putting one of like the quote-unquote fourth liners up there in front of the net because maybe X not clearing enough space or whatever. I don't know. Something there to shake it up. Just even throw St. Louis off to be like, okay, it's not just the same fucking guys coming out here who can't move the puck, who can't clear the crease. I don't know. Maybe they don't have the pieces to have a good power play, but I feel like something has to give at this point. I just don't agree. Partially... Last time that we let Everson make changes to the power play, he decided that we were going to throw two defensemen out every goddamn time. And I can't deal with it. Isha. I'll, I'll lose well, my I can't deal with what's going on right now. So we, something has to happen. Well, here, here's my question. Marissa, you can go first. But do we think this is a coaching schematic issue that they can't coach the power play properly? Or is it the personnel, like Isha said? Like, do we just not have the right guys to make a good power play unit? I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest, because obviously the power play, like Isha is saying, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again for a power play and expecting them to be like, ooh, you got me, you got me. So I really think that it's a potential of both. But at the end of the day, Evanson's not on the ice. He can't, he can't. <laughs> I love that. The he Addison can't. jersey. Yes. Hoppy there. But you can't, you know, Evanson's not a guy that's going to be out there, obviously. But the thing is, you have to make some changes. You have to switch it up. You can't keep doing, like Isha said, the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results, because that's not going to work. I think that we need to figure something out, but I think it's also up to the guys, because power plays, obviously, are where we're going to score our goals and where we're going to win these this series against the St. Louis Blues. That's the only way that we're going to win. And if we just can't show up or won't show up or we don't change it, we're not we're not advancing and it's not going to be a thing. So I think it is a little bit of both, but also at the same time, the players aren't the coach, right? The coach has to figure that shit out. If there's something wrong, the coach fixes it. That's what the head coach is for. The guys can't do Spurgeon is a captain, but he can't go out and be like, make the calls or do the thing or, you know, really. He certainly can't quarterback a power play. No. And that's the thing is that, the coach has to figure out what is going on in Evanson. He ha- Dino has to figure it out. And Dino has to fucking do something. Because at the end of the day, power plays is gonna what is what's gonna make us play the ace. And if we don't figure it out, we're not gonna go on. No, and what the blues are doing is they're putting two guys on whoever has the puck and mauling them because they're quick. The Blues are so quick. It's crazy for how big they are of a team. And even like some of the younger guys now are starting to fill up, being, you know, getting a little stronger. Robert Thomas, he's throwing out the body. <laughs> They're on the maroon diet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's just interesting how quick they are. Maybe not like, a, you know, north-south speed up and down, you know, carrying the puck, but at least quick with their passing, with their shots, and with, you know, defending or, um, you know, on the penalty kill. They, they can get to whoever they need to so quickly. And it's almost now, it's almost like now they know where the puck is going. They know Spurgeon's either going to send it to the two guys on the wing because any backdoor play is way too complicated. They're not quick enough at moving the puck. And then whoever's in the slot, I mean, that's either coming from if the winger moves it down or, or just coming, you know, cross ice. I mean, that is the power play. We've seen it every single day. Or it's just like, oh, shit, there's a lane in the slot, and I'm on the blue line. Oh, Spurgeon, let's try to shoot it down, and it's a muffin of a shot that, you know, the who knows where the, the rebound goes. For me, that's – I mean, St. Louis has figured it out. It's two men on whoever has the puck. So if if to answer your question, Hoppy, that can't be on the players every time. They're getting outmanned two to one on a fucking power play. That has to be the coach has to figure some things out there because clearly what they're doing and executing the players, if they had some more options, if they had more reps on others, 
you know, uh, plays, schematics, etc. They'd probably be trying it right now. I haven't even seen them try to execute anything different. If they do try to execute anything different, it's them getting, okay, selfish is the wrong word, but taking the game into their own hands, just firing stuff on net, not even looking for the pass or just sending it back to Spurgeon or whoever's on the blue line to try to make something out of nothing. Or the Blues take it from them real quick because that was the storyline of tonight anyways. Do we even know who's responsible for the power play? No. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say, that's a good question. Um, um, Isha? <laughs> someone <laughs> that's, that's a great question that's a good thing to highlight maybe too, that's what's happening in the locker room everyone's like so are we going to change something on the power play they're like i don't know who the fuck runs who? the power play who runs the power play and everyone's like <laughs> everyone's looking around nobody nobody, nobody oh, okay i guess we're just gonna play? keep doing it look i'll tell you what whoever is running it this year isn't going to be back next year because it's funny like even well looking at it from even from a vancouver canucks perspective like the power play coach was in was in his own right kind of like a cult fan favorite the last few years because he came in and just literally that's all he focused on and turned things around in the power play when it was really bad um like a couple years ago um and it was just funny how like even the fans recognized it to the fact that he became kind of like a meme and kind of like a cult hero the fact that we can't even name who is you know manning the power play for the the minnesota wild and we're in the freaking playoffs is a bad thing folks god wolf wolf it, it i mean and it's just there's so many things that are going on with this team that really make it like frustrating for me. Um, looking at this game, like it just feels a little bit inconsistent, because you know first game we're horrible, we're we're not we're not good at all, and then we get some dirty shots at the end that are uncharacteristic of who we are and what we do. I can't talk today. You just went full, Isha. Wow. I did. I could. I'm like I'm I'm I get a little by him, and all of a sudden I'm nah, like everyone's the got the occasional bumblefuck. It's okay. <laughs> well then, you know, and then we go and we're at home, I believe, and then we we go and you know lights out. It's yeah. a great game. I was at that game. It was absolutely electric. It was just so much fun, and we played extraordinarily well and then we go to st louis and we do the same thing and then tonight we don't so i feel like yes it's a little bit of a mix but we're just not like some days we're really good and I, the honestly guys the first period when they scored and then i saw us play i didn't think we were gonna win because something looked so different about this team something was off something wasn't like you know when we we when i was at the x and they were playing and then the first night in st louis it was just such a different vibe that i think that's what I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but they just well, did not look that good. <laughs> you know, I, I totally understand because the Wild, for the most part, have been either setting the pace in the first period. And this is kind of like the blueprint of the Wilds team all season and the playoffs. They set the pace kind of all gas, no breaks in the first period. And that's where they can just pile up all, all those shots because usually the Wild are leading the first period in shots, whether they're high danger chances or not. And then they kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit and let the other team come to them in the second. And depending on where they're at in the third, whether they're ahead or behind, that's when they're like, okay, time to make adjustments and let's try to play from behind or just, you know, play a little more defensively and lock things up. Where they've had success beating the St. Louis Blues in this series, I've found that instead of going balls to the wall and trying to set the pace in the first period, they've actually been letting the game come to them, not by any means, you know, like resting, but just kind of matching the pace. And then when they find where the Blues break a little bit, boom, they find their shot and they've been able to score. And they did that, you know, back to back in that in that one game, in that one win that you uh, highlighted, Marissa, with the back to back goals in the in the first period, getting them, you know, two goals ahead. And I felt like that was just it. The Wild weren't pushing the pace. They're actually behind in shots, but when the Blues fucked up, they capitalized and they were kind of waiting for it. 
and they continued to play that style throughout the whole game. And like, is that hard to ask your team to play like that a whole game? Absolutely. But that's what's been working. That seems to be the Blues' kryptonite. When the Wild get, you know, uh, like like tonight, we're so behind out of the gate in shots and just pressure and pace and everything due to the power plays and just the whole nine yards. They're not used to that at all. And furthermore, they weren't. They didn't even have the opportunity to go balls to the wall and set the pace, which doesn't always work for them anyways, but it's still something they're used to. So I just feel like tonight they were totally out of their element on all fronts. So they didn't even have the time to implement what has been working to defeat the blues or even just, you know, kind of what they've settled on, which has brought them success throughout the regular season. Yeah. It, it, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Well, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at Brett's tweet. So BFF line, obviously he's talking about Boldy, Fiala and Felino, correct? Well, no, that's he, he and I blame him for this. This is his fault. Yes. He got that wrong because he like goes back and forth between first names or last names to make yes. the line creative. It's he uses Freddie as one of Good the Joe, yeah. Got it. Got so, yeah, it. See, that's not, that's not my, your that's fault. the thing. I'm like looking. I'm like I guess I can just say it. But you know, <laughs> like like just okay, whatever Twitter. But he goes, you know, had the BFF line had their best game of this series, seven one shot advantage, a goal and a 95.95% um, GF percentage. So, yeah, there's positive, and basically this thread's going, oh, there's positives of the game, there are positive of the games. And oh, of I, can, I, I can get that. There's always going to be positives, but the fact of the matter is that we just didn't play good, and the grief line was just... Ah, oh, I can't get started on the grief line. I don't know about you guys, but, like, I just... It just it looked like shit. Can, can we say that at, no matter how good any line is, they're going to have a bad night? This is yes. their one bad night. This I'm willing the, to erase and forget be. as long as there isn't another one. But, well, they played uh, excellent thus far. Even in game one, I thought that that line was was yeah. very very good. So yeah, this is their this is their one blunder. Um, yeah, I don't. Mulligan again, the fancy stats. Okay, so they were ninety percent this or this percent that. They yeah. lost the game, so really doesn't matter. Like that's at the, the end of the day, that's the thing with me and all the my fancy stats, stats don't get super fancy. We had I, two goals. They had more than two goals. <laughs> didn't fucking work that's my thing with all of these like like the statistics like i love hockey more than the next person right but i'm just a very like this is the game this is how it was this is how it is yes. i want to hear the 95 percent this or that i want to hear that our power play sucks i want to hear that our pk was great and i want to hear that mark andre Fleury should have done better in the net a little bit right and i want to say that our defenders should have defended the the zone that's what i want i don't want yeah. these statistics get them you know that's the thing for me it's too it's like yes they're helpful and yes they they help analyze the game better but in moderation just like the eye test just like any other tools you're using to analyze and break down sport. Not one tells the story more than the score, the scoreboard itself at the end of the night. Well, I think it's just more of like, if you, I don't know if you guys agree with me. It's more of, I know my hockey. I have all these things. And oh, I there's an to element to that hockey. as well. Marissa. Like, don't get me wrong. There's an element that, to that, that as well. Certainly exists. <laughs> and I also, I, I think the best way to use I'm them. Smarter. And it, it, it gets, it gets used a lot, but like, if a team loses, whose fault is it? That's what we're trying to prove. Right. Like, like that's... The, the whole point there is to like defend that line and act like they haven't been a huge problem for us thus far. That line, if they are doing anything, we are winning every game. Like, because Kaprizov's line is doing a pretty good job hanging with what is a really tough defensive matchup. Oh, when you look at a guy dude. like O'Reilly, like he's you, you, you want to so talk fancy good. stats, huh? Oh, like that yeah. guy <laughs> fucking dawning with it. 
but I, I, let's go to the one last negative I have here that I feel like we have to address. How worried are we that they're doing this with like two of their starting defensemen? Stop. Stop. That's the thing. That That's the thing. I don't know if we talked about it, but that's the thing. Like, I think, Hoppy, you and I talked about it pregame. <laughs> Literally all of their sole defenders are out, and that's why we played so good, and that's why we've been playing so good. But also, it also tests, have we been playing good because of that? Or when they come back, will we will we still be playing good? This is the that's the that's the question that I need answered, and I don't think we will answer that until their entire roster comes back and if they do come back. But that's the biggest thing is they're playing with injuries. We're playing with little to none injuries. Yeah, uh, and they have to take advantage of it because this is round see... one. It's just going to get worse for me. <laughs> did you guys see the graphic they put up at the end of the second period for fucking Falk and uh, Pareko? No. Didn't they? Through, play, how many minutes did they play? Through they two like... periods, one of them had played 1945 no. and the other 1946. No. That's, That's two. Insane. You know what? I'm going to pull it up right now. I'm going to find out what the whole it, game it's was. Funny. I noticed Falk in game three, like the whole night. And I thought, okay, well, it's just Falk. He, he's he's almost noisy the way he plays because he's more offensive. He's, he's just moving the puck more so than anything. But that makes a lot of sense now because I was like, how is he just everywhere? <laughs> and he took a lot of penalties too, right? Because, I mean, he's on the ice the whole game. You're going to take some penalties, especially when you're dead tired and you're a little pissed off like in game two and game three. So that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it was legitimately they were playing like – so many minutes because they had to compensate. And then what Scandella? Scandella went out. He yeah, he like had a one minute, minute 34. <laughs> and he was out. So they're running with injuries right now. But again, that like it's just so hard for me because I'm like, are we playing good hockey because we're playing good hockey or we're playing good hockey because they're injured and they're not at their full potential. And when they get to their full potential, will we be at Monday nights or the first series, the game series, whatever? Yeah. Like when we lost four nothing. Ugh. In a regulation victory, regulation. <laughs> Pareko, 30-37. Falk, 31-10. My God, dude. <laughs> playing fucking, fucking units. They're playing Alex Edler minutes there. Holy shit. Well, that's what, like, I think Wes said, Wes Wall, Wall said, or however you say his name, Wes Wells. Um, whatever, he is. He does um, the commentating or Wild Live with Audra Martin. And he was talking about how he was expecting, like, the Wild to score, like, 20 shots on goal in the next period of play and the, for them to really bring it back. And, but he was also talking about, like, the amount of minutes, right? Like you said, like, it, it it's just, it's just unreal because he said, oh, we're going to score this many shots and we're going to get back and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And it was like, great, okay, well, so, like, I believe in you. And we did do that for the most part, but it's still, like, they're not, and he also said something like, they're really fatigued or they're going to be fatigued or they're going to be fatigued at the end of this, the period. And I don't think they were because they didn't show me that they were super fatigued, even though they had there two guys playing 31 and 33 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And that, and you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. You're fatigued, but yet you still score two goals. Like, no, that's the thing. They're know. fatigued yet. They're forechecking. <laughs> O'Reilly's getting right to the end of the ice, taking the puck away and getting a shot on it. Like, I, I, it was funny because when I was live streaming, I said that I said the exact same thing. I'm like the Blues are gonna have to start just like playing more defensively here. Oh no, they're challenging for the race. Oh, they won the race and actually got a shot on net. It was just crazy because you'd think that they would even just like try to play more of a defensive style because of a lot of guys playing a ton of minutes and having a hefty lead. 
within the last like four or five minutes of the game. No, they just kept going and they were like, okay, yeah, Wild, you're going to start peppering us with shots. We're not going to give up any room at all. And credit again, and all this being said, I mean, this is, this is the series we all wanted a gritty back and forth series that we all predicted. I did we're gonna, not want this series whatsoever that we all wanted to go seven games. <laughs> Well, once we have it, I mean, the whole hockey world was kind of like, this is the series like to watch. This. this is going to be, you know, the most entertaining, the most back and forth, the most even series. And it has been thus far. And we can't not give the Blues credit for what they've been doing depleted and just, I, I'm in awe of their power play, guys. Like, I, I didn't watch them a lot throughout the regular season. Um, I watched them, you know, beat on the, the wild whenever they did, unfortunately. But the way that they move the puck on their power play is like it's it's second to none right now. And the wild, yeah, the fact that they've been able to defend again against it in in some spurts is good. But we got to get blues. We got to give the the blues credit. We can't just keep poo pooing the wild and being like, oh, the wild did this. The wild, you know, the wild didn't do this. The wild didn't do that. The wild have been playing a pretty pretty good for the most part in spurts. And the blues right now look like a dominant monster of a team. So, I mean, whether the Wild get past this series or not, whether it goes to Game 7 or not, I mean, it's 2-2 right now. It, it, could, it could just go, like, right down the hole, but I don't think it's going to. And I think the Wild, have to, at this point anyways, keep their head up. You know, they, they played some damn good hockey. The series is tied. It's going back to St. Paul. Overall, I don't think it's that much of a negative. I think it's exactly what we all called at this point in the series. I think the biggest thing, I don't know, Happy, you agree with me, staying out of the box. Like, nice. just, like, staying out of the box. We know that they had the second, the second best, or, you know, the second best power play in all of NHL. So just staying out of the box and trying not to make dumb decisions, right? You get aggressive, you get heated, I get that. And the Kevin Fiala thing happened accidentally, not accidentally, whatever it happened. <laughs> um... I don't want to get up that up and again, but the last know, okay, we, we also okay. I didn't want to start. <laughs> give me the last one then. The last one was bad. The last one was so bad, and then he it complains about it. But yeah. like we, wild fans don't want to hear this because all they fucking want to do is scream into the void of Twitter and talk about how the refs fuck us regularly. Like it, it's straight out of South Park, the episode where Cartman just keeps on talking about how his mom's trying to fuck him in public because she won't buy an iPad. Like that's how it sounds, and we got given some gifts like. Oh, Should have been a man. penalty on Felino, no question when he fucking throws O'Reilly into the yeah. net. That's one one of the few that we got away with. So we need to button it up. We I completely agree with you, Marissa. We can't be going to the box like that. Um and Tisha's point, like the sky isn't falling. Everyone needs to chill the oh, fuck no. out. Like we're just pointing out the negatives because we just lost a game. There's negatives. The goal now before game five on Tuesday is to erase all of that and come back fresh we're doing right now what dean evison's gonna be doing like this is what went fucking wrong a race a race yeah go back to your game we have an identity play the right way we're fine cam talbot back at home baby let's go cam talbot cam talbot fucking love that guy